Well, 2021 is, is almost finished, and, and every year people say about the same thing about the new year. They're, oh, I'm glad this year's over. But I'm just going to tell you, 2021 was pretty good. I enjoyed 2021. I mean, um, we, we moved into this facility in 2021. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. That's miraculous. Um, I got married in 2021. Yeah. Talk about miracles. Um, I turned 50 in 2021, and, that, and we can pretty much stop right there. I mean, we don't have to, but 2022 is, I mean, it's coming. It's, it's going to be here, a brand new year, and every single year at this time, I take just a few minutes to make fun of people that make New Year's resolutions. Now, how many of you, just to be honest, have ever made some sort of New Year's resolution? Okay, yeah, 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 that's all of us, all of us, all of us. Now, I did some research uh, this week, and the, the top three resolutions, number three every year, um, with three, two, one, three is to save money. And, uh, and, and for me, that's never been a re- resolution because you got to have it to save it. So say, save money. Number two and number one are interchangeable. It's get in shape, lose weight. Get in shape, lose weight. And, uh, and that, that's great. I'm, if you have plans to save money, plans to get in shape, plan, that, that, all that's great. Resolutions are great. The problem with resolutions is most people actually don't have a plan. Like I can say I want to get in shape, but if I sit on my couch and watch Netflix, um, I'm never going to get in shape. So I got to have a plan for my resolution. Well, I want, and this is what I want. I want for 2022 to be one of the best, if not the best year for you spiritually that you've ever had. And so I'm going to present to you some things tonight. These are not resolutions. These are not resolutions. This is a plan that I've laid out, and this is a plan I've laid out for me, and this is a plan I've laid out for everyone at Second Chance for 2022 if you want to have a great year spiritually. Now, it's not super complex, because if you know me, I'm not super complex about anything. Um, It's real simple, but I think if we follow this plan, it'll set us up for success in 2022 unlike never before. So here we go. It's real simple. We're going to dive in. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here we go. Number one, the first thing you need to do is go to church. Now, the fact that I would even say those words is a miracle because I grew up hating church. Now, every time I say that, somebody always approaches me and they tell me, Pastor P, hate is a strong word. And I always say, I know. That's why I used it, because I hated church. Now, did anybody have that experience when you were growing up, you hated church? And because it was boring. It was boring. I, went, I grew up Wesleyan. It's kind of like you take a spiritual Ativan before you walk in the room, all right? Um, and then I went to a charismatic church for a while, and it's like they drank Red Bull before the service, and that was kind of entertaining from time to time. But after a while, that even got old. And I grew up not enjoying church because I didn't get anything out of it. And because I, church was boring, I thought God was boring, so I wanted nothing to do with him either. So the fact that a friend of mine kept inviting me to church and wouldn't leave me alone, and I finally went to church and got involved in church, is an absolute miracle. And, and for some people, you might look at this and you go, well, that's simple, Pastor Pete. Go to church. I'm at church every week. No, I'm, I'm talking about in the building. I'm talking about here. I, I'm talking about showing up in the house. I know, I know, I'm so glad we have an online service. I, am so, I know people that, listen, 
We've got more people that watch in Colombia than, I mean, that, that's like our, like I meet so many people from Colombia, which is great because if you're probably a Carolina fan, we know you need Jesus. And so that's, that's important. But, but I'm talking about people who live in Anderson and Greenville and the surrounding areas. Let me tell you what COVID did for us. COVID taught us some lessons. COVID, COVID taught us that, that, that if we watch the news enough, it'll freak us out. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let y'all know, and I say this as often as I can, just so everybody can know, um, we shut down during COVID because they were telling us that people were going to drop dead in the streets. Y'all remember that? People were going to drop dead in the streets. It's going to be awful. And, and none of that happened. And, and so we, we opened back up. And in 2022, we've heard forecasts. This is coming. This, I'm just telling y'all, we're not shutting down as a church. Because, because when, this is what I learned. This is what I learned. When chaos happens, when chaos happens, the one place in the community that needs to be open is the church. I mean, they didn't shut down the liquor stores. I, hey, 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 I just know that because somebody told me, just so y'all know, okay? I've got a little bit of a reputation. So somebody told me, I'm just saying, we're not going to shut down the church, and it needs to be a place we can, and I had somebody tell me this at, at Christmas services. This is what they said, and I hear it just about every week. I've always watched online, but there's something different about being in the house. It's, it's true. It's true. And so I'm just telling you, for those of you that, that may be close in the, in, in the area and you watch online, it's time in 2022 to go to church. That means get up, take, well, you don't, so, take a shower, toss coins, take a shower. I don't, I don't, but, but show up, show up here in the house because I believe God is going to do something special in your life, in this house, in 2022. One of the reasons I love the Bible is because of how honest the authors of the Bible are. One of the, one of the things about the Bible that's so intriguing to me is, is the people who wrote the scriptures not only tell about the good stuff, but they tell about their bad stuff too. They talk about their trials and they talk about their struggles. And I was reading through the Psalms recently. In Psalm chapter 75, the psalmist, um, I think the psalmist gets real honest and he says this in Psalm 75. He said, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. Let me pause. We've all been there spiritually. Every single person watching, you've been right there. In fact, for some watching, you are right there. And, and I'm not saying that to shame anybody. I'm saying that to let you know that one of the authors in the Bible was right there. Now, several things can, can cause this. We can, get, we can lose a friend. We can lose a loved one. We can, it can be a job loss. It can be financial difficulty, whatever. But we've all been at that place where we've almost slipped. And I saw this, and statistics show that, that during the COVID crisis, when all the, most of the churches were shut down, that so many people went backwards in their walk with Jesus. So I love it because this is what the psalmist says. He said, I was at a place and my feet almost slipped. And for the rest of Psalm 73, he goes through and he lists a bunch of circumstances that was causing him to have this spiritual problem. But then he circles back around and says this, then I went into your sanctuary, O God, 
and I finally understood. My, my feet were almost slipping, but, but I, I just went to church. And when I went to church, this thing, I, I began to understand what was happening. I began to, I, I began to understand what was going on. And I'm telling you, something happens in the house when we get together. And, we, and by the way, I love our worship here. I love the worship team. I love loud music. You can clap if you want. I, I love loud. <laughs> I had somebody tell me one time, uh, uh, I've got the gift of being a smart aleck. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. But I had somebody tell me one time, I didn't really like that song that we sang. And I'm like, well, you know what? We weren't singing it to you. So if we ever sing a song to you, you get to evaluate. But every song that we sing from this stage, it's going to be loud and we're going to sing it about Jesus or the devil went down to Georgia. One, one or the other. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get the song done, all right? There's something powerful that happens, though, when we get together as a body of believers. Good days and bad days spiritually strong and spiritually weak, and we began to put our focus not on our circumstances, but on our Savior, and we began to exalt him, and we began to lift him up, God does something in every one of our hearts. I've never been in this house where I didn't see Jesus do something in my life every single week. Now, it's real simple. This is going to be review, but I'm, I'm going to say this a lot. Because this is the vision that we got to keep coming back to over and over again. I first shared this in January. I've shared it a couple times since, but I, I just want it. I, I want this to be the thing that everybody can just say from memory. That the Second Chance, Second Chance Church is a church where people, all people, experience the presence of Jesus every single week. That's, that's, the, that's the vision. And when I say all people, I mean all people. I'm so thankful. I'm just going to let y'all know. I'm so thankful for the reputation that our church has. When I say that, let me tell you what I mean. Every week when I stand in the first-timers area, every week, without fail since I've started going back there, I meet somebody that tells me how clean they've been. I've been clean for a week. I've been clean for three days. I've been clean for 30 days. I've been and I'm like, I, I celebrate, I've shared this before, I celebrate three days as much as I celebrate three years because I just want people, because here's what I know. You can't come into the presence of Jesus and stay the same. You will either, you will either leave or change. Those are the two options that, that you have. When you get into a house where you experience the presence of Jesus every single week, you either leave or, or, or you change. So, so y'all remember I shared the chart, and, and, and if you could be a negative 10, this is like the atheist. This is the hardcore atheist, so far from God, doubting there's a God, um, and, and you kind of begin the, the journey. Zero is where all of your life before Christ, and or, or your life before Christ, all your sins are zeroed out and you begin to go this way spiritually, no matter where you are on this chart, I want you to be able to walk into this house and experience the presence of God. So let me ask everybody, I want everybody to do something for me. Find where you feel like you are on this chart spiritually. Like uh, maybe you've had a good year spiritually and you're like at a seven, maybe you had some struggles and you're like a two, 
The good part is that, that once you become a Christian, you can't ever go back over to this side. And some people believe that you can, and if I believed that, I'd get saved like every five minutes. So I'm just, I'm not going to debate that theology. Somebody came up to me one day and in, in the lobby and said, I would like to debate theology. I'm like, <laughs> so would I. You found the wrong person. I want a milkshake, all right? So, so find out where you are. Now, here's what I know. Let's say you're a two. Let's say that you're, you're just like the psalmist, that your feet almost slipped and you're a two. Here's what I know about you, and it's true about every single person. You show up to the house. You experience the presence of Jesus every single week. There's no way you stay at a two. You move from a two to a three. Now, what would happen in a community if a thousand, two thousand people in their spiritual walk with Jesus just went from a two to a three over the course of a year? That could change so many things. Two to a four, or two to a five, or two to a six. This is what I'm telling you. When we go to church, and listen, unashamed, the, the goal when you walk in this house is we want you to experience the presence of Jesus. If you do that, I believe, I believe Jesus will do something significant in you. So not only go to church, the second thing I want is I want for you to grow in church. Grow in church. Now, every once in a while, I'll have this conversation. I haven't had it here in quite a while because I've, I've got a standard answer for it. Um, typically, somebody will come up to me and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm coming here, I'm checking it out. I quit my last church because I wasn't getting fed. <sighs> but here's what I've discovered, and some of you have heard me say this before. One of the main reasons most people don't get fed in church is because they didn't bring their fork. I've got a 14-year-old daughter. I stopped feeding her when she was like one. She figured out how to feed herself. So, so the issue of growth isn't that it's not a being fed issue because here's what I know personally. If I sit on a couch and feed myself continually, I'm going to grow. <laughs> but not in a healthy way. It's not going to be healthy. That's not what I want for my life physically, and that's not what I want for us spiritually either. Well, how do we grow in church? I don't know, but I can tell you how I grew in church. I can tell you what, how I grow in church. The letter A is when I began to serve. Um, somebody told me the other day, uh, it was actually in the first timers area, by the way. Any conversation we have in the lobby or the first timers area is wide open for a sermon illustration. If I'm talking to you personally, one on one about a personal issue, we can, we can table that. Um, but, but in the lobby, that's wide open. Congrats, but I'll get you a shirt that says, I was a sermon illustration, Pastor P. So I was talking to a guy, and he said, he told me, he said, I want to do what you do. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I want to preach. I was like, well, um, <laughs> we're kind of booked up here. Uh, he said, well, how did, you, how, did you, how did you get involved in preaching? I said, well, I didn't preach. I, I started serving. Now, now, for me, this is just the way the dominant, and it's not because I'm godly. Honestly, it's because I got tricked. 
I started serving the day after I became a Christian. Like, immediately. It's not because I'm godly. It's my associate pastor, because I went to a Baptist church. I prayed to accept Christ. I walked up to him after the service, and I said, I just received Christ. What do I do next? And he said, you don't know what to do next? And I said, I have no idea. And he said, you need to volunteer at Vacation Bible School, and it starts tomorrow. Be here. I was there. I showed up at Vacation Bible School in a Southern Baptist church, and I volunteered with sixth grade boys, which <laughs> Daniel in the lines then, big deal. I was with sixth grade boys. And, and I would show up at the church, and I would take I, I, I began to serve. It was just that thing that somebody showed me, this is what you need to do. And I had nothing to do with the church because the church was good. What happened when I began to serve is I actually began to grow spiritually. I've had people tell me, hey, I want, I want to become a great person. I want to become a great dad, a great wife, a great husband, a great father. And it's easy to be great. It's easy to be great if we will follow what Jesus said. Jesus is talking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 20, and this is what Jesus said about greatness. Jesus said this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You want to be great? You want to be great? Start serving. I'm not even not necessarily talking about here. You want to be a great husband? Serve your wife. Serve your kids. So, I'm, when you begin to ask Jesus to shape your heart, to be the heart of a servant, then it's not about recognition. It's, it's about spiritual growth. So that's my question for people when they say, I want to grow. I, my first question is, where are you serving? I've been meaning to. No, you haven't. Because me, I'm 50 years old. Here's the deal. When I want to do something, guess what? I do it. And if I don't want to do something, I don't do it. No excuses. If you, if you want to grow spiritually in 2022, get involved somewhere. And, and by the way, the best type of service that I've discovered is putting our hands where there's the greatest demands. That, that's, don't, I, I am gifted in prophecy. Okay, sweep the floor. I don't know. I mean, well, if you were gifted in prophecy, you would have understood that I was going to ask you to sweep the floor. So, like, like <laughs> the problem in the church world too many times is we worship, we worship the gift and not the one who has given the gift. And so I'm, I'm just saying. Um, so when I began, when I began to get, when I began to serve, I started growing. And the second way I began to grow is when I began. To give. Y'all notice we don't talk about money around here a lot? Y'all notice that? It's going to change in 2020. I'm talking about it every week. I'm just kidding. We're not. I'm, 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 just, I'm just telling you that there's only one group of people that get nervous when you talk about money. And it's the people that haven't surrendered their wallet to Jesus. Thank you. I have one person that said that's right. Everybody else is like, eh. Um, let, let me ask you. People have asked me. I've literally had this question. Why should I give a second chance? That's a great question. 
That's a great question. I believe God clearly, Old Testament, New Testament, I can take you through scripture after scripture after scripture that tells us that we need to be givers. In fact, nowhere in the Bible did anyone ever show up to a worship service empty-handed. Ever. And so it's all through, it's all through the scriptures. But for me, I'm giving it a second chance because I believe in this church and I believe what God is doing in this church. Let me ask you a question. I was, I was thinking about a way I could communicate it the second chance in a way that people in this church would understand. And I just thought I'd ask this question just for kicks and giggles. How many of you have ever gambled? Would you just raise your hand? Come on, you've been to Vegas, you bet on a football. That's pretty much 100%, dear God. Okay, okay. Here's what I know about you if you've ever gambled. If you've ever gambled, the reason you bet is because you thought you were going to win. You only bet on a winner. You only bet on a winner. The reason I personally give, the reason that me and my family give here at this church is because I believe God has his hand on this church, and I believe we're going to see so many people one for Christ in the next one, two, three, four, five, ten, twenty years. I'm, if I'm going to bet, if I'm going to invest, if I'm going to invest, I'm going to invest in a company that grows. I'm going to invest in a company that goes up and to the right. Well, I feel bad for that company, but nobody's investing in them and they're going bankrupt. Then I don't give my money there. I, when, when I give in this church, it's growing me spiritually, and I'm sowing into a work that God is doing. Amen. Y'all like that? Sowing? I got, got a little charismatic right there, just a little bit, all right? Now, th this, is, this is, so far we got go to church, then we got grow in church, and then number three is, is show the church. Show the church. Now, I'm about to do something that I love to do, but I hadn't been able to do it a second chance in a long time. And let me kind of back this up a little bit and kind of tell you, and this is not going to be a surprise for most people. I, since I've been in ministry, I got, I started serving in 1990. My first job in ministry was in 1991. I was a part-time youth pastor at a Baptist church that split the week before I got there, and the pastor and the music minister resigned. So when I showed up, I was 19 years old, I hadn't been a Christian, but about a year, and I was in the ministry. Welcome to church world. And you're going to find this hard to believe, but since that time period, I have always been in trouble with church people. I have the gift of pissing them off. So I just did it by saying piss them off. I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I remember the, the night, they let me preach on Sunday nights because that's when I could do the least amount of damage. And so I preached one Sunday night. It was in Pickens. And the church, um, we had about 90 people in the church. I had about nine kids in the student group. And I remember I preached that night. I preached so hard. I was spitting. I used to have a handkerchief with me because I was in it and I would wipe my face and I was preaching so hard that night about how we were going to reach Pickens for Jesus, which if you've ever been to Pickens, it's not that hard. There's like seven people. So, but we're going to reach Pickens for Jesus, and Pickens is going to be different. And I was, I was pounding the pulpit. I was so excited. And afterwards, a lady came up to me. She was like a matriarch in the church. You know what I'm talking about? She 
she'd been going to church since God was a baby. And so she's, she's been around for a while. She kind of pulled me to the side and she said, uh, I don't think you realize how we do things here. And I said, I, I actually, I, I don't. I, I have no, I, I didn't know what she was talking about. And then I, she, she goes on to say, um, we don't really want any new people. I said, huh? She said, yeah, yeah. We kind of like things as they are. And I said, oh, so it's, it's kind of like the mafia. <laughs> like, you've got to get made to get in the church. Like, like what? So, so we had a disagreement. Um, I didn't stay there a lot longer. But, but the problem was I began to realize that our, a lot of churches in America kind of have that mentality. We don't really want any new people. Or want, we don't want any of those people. And, and not realizing that to somebody else, you are one of those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, those people. So I, but I just believe, I just believe, I just believe that we should be about God's business as the church. And for the first time since I've been the pastor of this church, I can tell people, next year, invite people to church. Bring people to church. Get them in the building. Drag them. Bribe them. Lie to them. God will forgive you. Just get them in. Let's make it a priority to bring as many people as possible to church next year. I couldn't preach that a year ago. Because if everybody would have brought somebody to church, we'd have to turn half the people away. Opening Sunday at the Barbaritos building. Some of you remember that? Okay. We were a bit full, and we had to turn some people away. Two weeks ago, I'm shopping, and a guy walks up, how's your church doing? I was like, well, you know, yeah, I came that one time and got turned away. I'm like, you, you came on Hoodie Sunday? I, ain't, I don't know anything about no Hoodie Sunday. I'm like, you're talking about the first? You, you tried one time, and you haven't been back since? I said, come on, I'll give you, you know what? I know somebody. We will get you a seat. What would happen? If we just decided, you know what, I want the people I know in my circle to meet Jesus and for Jesus to change them. That could literally change this community. I want us to be about God's business. This isn't my idea. Jesus came up with it. This is what he said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, which is good news that he's got all authority. And by the way, he just rose from the dead, so they all bought into what he was saying. And then he goes on to say this, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, let me just stop real quick. I've had people tell me, and I like the church, but, but I really want to go into a church that makes disciples. Oh, well, I'm glad that's what you want. That's what I want. We got disciples in our church. If you go back and you look at that word disciple in Greek and break it down to the most simple form possible, all it means is learner. 
See, we've taken disciples and we've made it like spiritual kingsmanship. Elite Navy SEAL spirituality. I love the Navy SEALs when it comes to defending our country. But Navy SEALs for Jesus, they are actually the ones that killed Jesus. The Pharisees. That's who I was referring to. I get that. Okay, it took a minute, but that's, that's fine. That's fine. Jesus said, go make learners of all nations, baptizing them. We're going to do that in January. We're going to dunk some people. It's going to be amazing. We're going to dunk them. We dunk them good. Just... And I, anyway, I, no, I'm not going to say it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and, and teaching the, teach these new disciples, these new learners, to obey all the commands I've given you. Now, I love that. Because people go, all oh, the commands. Um, Jesus, gave, Jesus didn't give a lot of commands. He, remember that night? Right before, he got, right before he got hung on the cross, he's hanging out with the disciples. And he said, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, that's how you're supposed to go out and love. That's one of those commands. People ask me, are you making disciples? I'm like, I'm just trying to learn how to love people. People like you that are asking me this question right now. Like, I'm learning how to, I'm, it's, it's really difficult. But what would happen if we just said, you know what? We're going to focus on that command, learn how to love one another. That would be amazing. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That right there is a promise that we can take to the banks. I'm just telling you, as a church, let's do everything we can to reach as many people as possible. Because at the end of the day, I'm addicted to changed lives. I love hearing stories, not just the pretty ones, but the messy ones. As long as people are learning and striving and trying to grow, we're going to celebrate that every single time we get together. Let's do what it takes to reach this community. And last but not least, we got to know that immeasurably more is coming. No, now, I talk about this frequently, but the reason I talk about it so much is because my mind is still blown by this. Where we started as a church, on the iPhone in the living room, and where we are today, if you would have told me in that living room, that first day that I broke out the iPhone and did the broadcast that we would be four years from now, this is what you're going to have, I would have called you crazy. But that's why God says, my plans are higher than your plans. My ways are higher than your ways. We, we, we got to like put our ways to the side and turn it over and, and give it to God and submit to his ways. And so I am blown away by what God has done. In fact, somebody asked me the other day, and it's one of those questions has somebody ever asked you a question and you know you should know the answer to it, yeah. but you have a brain fart? Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to have a lot of fun, walk up to a couple and look at the man and say, when's your anniversary? <laughs> and just watch the blood. I see some men leaning in and telling your wife right now. <laughs> no, no anniversary, baby. I'm, it's going to be great conversations for some of y'all in the car on the way home. Some of y'all need to pause it right now and ask your husband, when's our anniversary? 
you got to tell him. Somebody asked me the other day, and I blanked. I just blanked. It's, it's something I should know. Pastor P, what's your favorite Bible verse? And all my Bible knowledge ran from my mind. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I mean, you ask Cole what his Bible verse is. He, he knows, Cole, what's your favorite Bible verse? What's your favorite Bible verse, Cole? Come on, talk to me. What's your favorite Bible verse, Cole? Student pastor, Cole? Genesis 2.23. What does Genesis 2.23 say, Cole? Man and his wife were naked and they felt no shame. It's getting high here. It's not a Christian song, Cole. I've got a favorite Bible verse. I, I, I do. And, and, and I'm so guilty. I know I do this. It's, I'll be talking and I'll say, this is one of my favorite verses. And I had somebody tell me one time, you've said that about 172 different verses. And I'm like, I know. I'm, I, I, just, I, I love what I'm reading. At the time, it is one of my favorites. But my favorite, my favorite Bible verse, I mean, this is, it's number one. There's, there's not a, there's not a, this is my favorite Bible verse of all time. It's the verse I go to over and over and over again every single time. It's Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. You know what I stopped doing a while back? I just stopped asking God for the things that I wanted because I realized I would be asking him for things way too small. God, teach me to think how you think. Teach me to ask for what you want me to ask for. You talk about a mindset change, it'll blow your mind. And Paul, from prison, by the way, writes, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we, all we. See, Paul's not writing to an individual here. He's writing to the church. That... He's able to do immeasurably more than all of us together could ask him. God's like, yeah, I can do more than that. that immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work. God's power is at work in this church. God's power is at work. Make no mistake about it. It's the power of God that changes people every single week. The power of God is at work in this place and in our lives according to his power that is at work within us. Know that more is coming. And here's, what I, here's where some of you are expecting me to go. It's like, God is, if God has done this in four years, what's the next four going to look like? And da, 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 yeah, yeah. Push the pause on that. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about you. You know what I hope? I hope that when you walk into this place, you look around at this building as something that nobody on the planet had a clue that God was going to do this. I'm hoping you'll think, if God can do this with an empty building, what could he do with someone he created in his image? Amen. I, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what he could do. Immeasurably 
more. I, I'm, I'm convinced. We'll go to church, grow in church, show the church. We can know that immeasurably more is coming. That you will grow spiritually. That is a spiritual growth plan that works for anybody on the planet, no matter where you are. And if you'll, listen, I'm not as concerned about this church getting big. I want our hearts to get big. Because this is what I know. If our hearts are enlarged for Jesus, the church growth will take care of itself. I don't want to build big buildings. I want God to use this place to build big people with big hearts, who have big imaginations, who really want to do big things for Jesus. So Father, I pray right now for every single person watching, God, that we would know that you, your plans are higher than our plans, that your ways are higher than our ways, that your, your ways are better than our ways. And God, that we would lay our plans aside and say, God, my life and my plans are in your hands. Take me and use me for whatever you want to do. With heads bowed and eyes closed, with wherever you are right now, I just want you to ask, what step do you need to take in your walk with Jesus next? Is it showing up on January the 2nd, just showing up? Is it stepping into serving or giving? Is it inviting somebody with you? Is it literally getting before God at some point within the next 24 hours and just saying, I am yours. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. No matter what that step is, why don't you just take 15 seconds in your mind and submit that step to Jesus. Just put it at his feet. If you're watching this broadcast and you've never prayed to receive Christ, well, that's the most important thing. That's why we do what we do. We, we love seeing people meet Jesus. So if you're, if you're watching and you know you need to give your life to Christ, then right where you sit in your living room, if you're listening in your car, wherever, I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your life so you can literally start brand new. If that's you right now, you just pray this prayer in your heart. Or you can pray it out loud. Just wherever you are and you say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ, do me a favor and just, just put the hand raise emoji or just type in the chat wherever you're watching, new life new life, new life, just put it in, new life, or do a hand raise, just so we can know that and celebrate that with you. We got some incredible things happening in 2022, and I'm so thankful for those of you that are a part, and I'm so thankful for those of you that are going to be a part. God's going to do great things in this church, but even greater than that, he's going to do great things in your life. Thank you for being here. We'll see you on January 2nd.